City Swoon didn't want to partner with really loud bars because it's just not conducive to speed dating. So having a a little bit quieter of an atmosphere is actually great for the process for people to get to talk and meet each other. So honestly, it was kind of the perfect partnership. This is the Box Office Podcast. I'm Rebecca Polly, Deputy Editor at Box Office Pro, the pulse of theatrical exhibition. Joined here today by Chad Kenrick, Box Office Analyst at Box Office Pro. Chad, we haven't uh, we haven't seen you in a few weeks. How you been doing? I know. This is fun. It's great to be back on. I've been good. Been going to the movies. How about you? We both did go to the cinema over this past Super Bowl weekend, and not many people did. I think we were, we were two, uh, two of the few. But yeah, we'll be uh, chatting a bit about that uh, over over this episode, going over the new marketing uh, and trailer releases that always come hand in hand with the Super Bowl, going over the box office forecast for uh, this next weekend, where we actually start to get some movies coming out to screen, two yes. of them in one weekend even. <laughs> Amazing. Imagine it. And then in our feature segment, I had a chat with Annalise Holyoke, the Senior National Director of Marketing and Loyalty at Cinepolis, about an interesting speed dating initiative uh, that they're doing. It's a really interesting, it sounds, you know, really, really a solid way to fill in a slate or even, you know, weekdays when, when things are slow at the cinema. Speaking of, Lisa Frankenstein came out in theaters from Focus Features over this past weekend. Not a particularly good one box office. Wise, Chad. We'll go into that box office in a bit, but first, you you did see the film. You saw a couple of, couple of films this weekend, right? I did. Yeah, me and my wife went to Lisa Frankenstein, and then our friends at Metropolitan Theaters helped us out with an IMAX screening, the reissue of Dune, which I hadn't seen the film in IMAX previously, unfortunately, and. It's a different experience. It was fantastic. We did popcorn, icy candy, the whole the shebang. Whole thing. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Dune was. Yeah, I did catch it in, in IMAX when it came out, and it's like, I mean, I I can't imagine seeing Dune two in a non premium format at this yes, point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so you're you're on the Dune two premium train i I assume also on the pro (laughs) dune to popcorn bucket train (laughs) (laughs) you know yeah if i can get any popcorn out of it that's really the thing right yeah (laughs) Yeah. and i i I gotta say we have not gotten any bites from last weekend's episode danielle and i asking if anyone has any intel any details on how this beautiful wonderful somewhat strange and disturbing dune popcorn bucket came to be so the offer is still open numbers at box office.com yeah please please uh, reach out to us please email us (laughs) please but moving on to uh, movies that have come out in cinemas yeah lisa frankenstein debuting to 3.8 million on around 3100 screens actually putting it in second place behind holdover argyle which fell around 63 percent to 6.5 million not a great weekend at the box office. I'll tell you, I, I did go out myself actually during the Super Bowl. One of my favorite films, uh, an animated sci-fi film called Paprika by director Satoshi Kon. I think Iconic Releasing, uh, the, the event cinema company, has has the license to that and another couple of that director's films. So they pop up in, in cinemas once every few years. It pops up. I'm always going to get out and see that. It, it was weird, though, because there were... 
actually a solid number of people in the auditorium for a Super Bowl release of a decades old film that was just out for a weekend. But the actual theater itself was just empty. It was somewhat <laughs> eerie. <laughs> I bet. It's a somewhat eerie movie, so it oh, worked. Oh, fitting, man. But, <laughs> yeah, there we go. So, uh, yeah, Paprika, Lisa Frankenstein, Paprika in Event Summer release. And then, then, of course, Lisa Frankenstein drawing in a few moviegoers, definitely not as many as Focus Features uh, would have preferred. Lisa Frankenstein is the 48th lowest Super Bowl weekend launch of all time. But you know what? We do have more movies coming up. Thank goodness. Oh, we're going to go over our box office predictions for this upcoming uh, weekend. But first, Chad, uh, of course, Super Bowl, if, if you don't particularly care about, about sports, about the Super Bowl, what have you, definitely I'm, I'm not among those who was more invested in it. But you got to go in the day after and watch all the trailers that came out. I mean, that's definitely a major, a major avenue for people who are maybe more casual movie fans to see what's coming out, to get pumped for some of this content. We saw a couple, a couple trailers for the Super Bowl. I think a couple of them had Ryan Reynolds. I heard Ryan Reynolds was like in every single commercial break <laughs> during the Super Bowl in some, in some capacity. So Chad, uh, you want, you keep up on uh, boxoffice.com with our uh, rolling kind of trailer updates, keeping up on the marketing campaigns that are getting revved up. Let, let's talk about some of the trailers that we saw of what we saw. I mean, we have uh, a few to go through, but what is the one that sticks out to you as your top? I would say it'd have to be Wicked because we were lucky to get to see a little featurette at CinemaCon last year, but this is the first time any footage has been screened for the public. And that's, of course, based on the, the Broadway show. And and I, I mean, what's interesting to me is it didn't say part one, so it did. I, yeah. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious if audiences are going to go in not realizing that it's two parts. If it's going to be a, a Dune 2 situation where the credits roll and you're like, "Oh, yeah, it was an interesting looking trailer." I, I definitely speaking about it with my boyfriend afterwards. Did not realize that Jeff Goldblum was the Wizard of Oz. Oh, yes, some good casting. Right. Yeah. He looks fun. Yeah. You know, I think what's important about this casting too is Cynthia Revo being a person of color in that role. I think it's only ever happened once on the West End that a person of color is in that role. So it makes an interesting, interesting conversation starter and statement. Yeah, that's uh, definitely a, a big role for her, a big break. I'm excited to see that one. Hopefully it'll uh, ignite the holiday period box office this upcoming year in a way that musicals have been kind of hit or miss with over the past couple of years. But I mean, Wicked feels like a different a different beast. You've seen pretty much all of the major musicals that have that have come out, right, Chad? The yeah, mean girls, yeah, I'd say the, for the most. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I feel like this is the one in terms of it, it has such a following and such a broad audience over all of its years on stage that it could bring bring a lot of moviegoers in. Mm -hmm. And this is one that. You wouldn't even, as a studio, bother trying to do that thing where you hide the fact that it's a musical. No. <laughs> like, right. It's Ariana Grande's in it. Yeah. It's a musical. Yeah. If anyone thinks it's exactly. not a musical. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. Moving into other other titans of various art forms, obviously Wicked dominating the musical theater space for so long. There was also a trailer for a big game spot that 
prompts you to look at the trailer rather for two heavy hitting children's franchises, those being Despicable Me 4 and Kung Fu Panda 4. I mean, I think at this point, I feel myself just, I want to knock on wood, like I feel like I'm jinxing something as I say this, but the Minions are as good a sure bet as you can get nowadays in children's entertainment. Yeah, and this is the first direct sequel to the original Despicable Me films in seven or eight years. So it's like Gru's yeah. married now. <laughs> and then Kung Fu Panda Four. That one. I mean, what Kung Fu Panda Three? When did that one come out, Chad? Because I know oh, man. it's definitely been a while since we've we've seen that franchise hit the big screen. Right. That was twenty sixteen. So 2016. it has been has been a while. So that's interesting to me because, you know, it invites the comparison to last year, Puss in Boots. Mm -hmm. That was another, uh, you know, very, very beloved, very kind of nostalgia friendly franchise, the Shrek universe and, and Puss in Boots and all that. And yeah, that was one that really had legs at the box office mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. pause, if you will. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm <bummed. laughs> Oh, gosh. Uh, sorry about that. Yeah, but I mean, I, I, I think we could see similar results here for Kung Fu Panda 4. Yeah, I think it's one that could have that nostalgia pull for audiences that grew up with the original. As our chief analyst, Sean Robbins, did point out in his box office long-range forecast uh, for Kung Fu Panda 4, which you can check out if you go to boxofficepro.com, there have been, you know, like TV shows, and there's been a lot of non-theatrical release Kung Fu Panda stuff in between periods, so maybe it won't quite have the novelty draw if we haven't seen this at all in but, you know, who's to say here? Uh, Kung Fu Panda coming out March 8th. Uh, definitely a very, very welcome addition to the movie Slate, along with Inside Out, which uh, also I believe that one had a trailer, a Super Bowl spot, some kind of promotional event during the Super Bowl as well, right? Yeah, we saw some game spots for films we've already seen trailers for. A Quiet Place Day One, that trailer came out prior to the Super Bowl. And same with Kingdom of Planet of the Apes. And then also If, Monkey Man, Inside Out 2. But the big reveals, other than Wicked, I would say, are Twisters and Deadpool and Wolverine. Twisters. Oh, man. (laughs) I have been ringing the bell of I want more movies about dramatic weather. And then Twisters comes along. (laughs) Glenn Powell having a really, having quite a year between, uh, you know, anyone but you. And then obviously a few, a little bit longer back, Top Gun Maverick, that really standout supporting role. I'm I'm excited, though. I will say I watched, I rewatched the first Twister again. Oh, I haven't seen that in such a long time. It's so odd because it's Bill Paxton, it's crazy weather, it's, you know, it's it's still good, it holds up, but I don't know if you remember at the time it came out, like it was such a groundbreaking in thing in terms of like CGI, like oh, the, yeah. the trailer yeah. shot of like when the cow blows past, <laughs> right. like that was a, it was a big, like, oh my gosh, what they it can do with computers yeah. and you watch it now and that part of it does not. But did his belt? His belt held on to the pipe, right? His belt held on. (laughs) Bill Paxton, you know, 90s era special effects might age poorly, but a good Bill Paxton performance. That's evergreen. Yeah. So yeah, I'm definitely excited, uh, excited for Twisters. And Chad, in Deadpool versus Wolverine, there wasn't much Wolverine in the trailer we got, right? But we did get a little winking nod to like, 
oh, we're, we're a Disney franchise now. And yet we're talking about R-rated things. Yeah. Yeah. Which was great. I, you know, I feel like that leaving Wolverine a little more of a, a surprise is, is on purpose. And I'm sure that the marketing will continue to play into that rivalry between <laughs> the fake rivalry between Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. I think it's one that for those who've been maybe a little burnt out on some of the superhero films, on what Marvel's been doing across all the different platforms, I feel like this is one that's going to bring a lot of fans back to Marvel. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it, it does look like it, it takes place, you know, within the MCU. Obviously, it involves some of that different parallel universe stuff that was mainly explored on the Disney Plus shows. So it, it seems like something that touches on some of this stuff, but doesn't necessarily require that you have been keeping up with everything. Yeah. And I feel like with the tongue in cheek, there's also an opportunity for Marvel to kind of wink and and poke fun at themselves and maybe kind of reset some more things. It's interesting. I'm I'm definitely curious for that one. I like the first two films, Deadpool 3, or as it uh, is officially known, Deadpool and Wolverine. Deadpool 1, of course, was uh, was a big deal when it came out in February and proved that movies can make a lot of money even when they do come out in February. Sadly, this one is not coming out in February. (laughs) We will have to wait until July 26. It's getting that big summer release corridor. It seems that, uh, that Disney definitely... Definitely has a lot of confidence in this one. I feel like pretty much everything Ryan Reynolds touches turns to gold at this point-ish. Yeah, and he's also in in If, which had a a game day spot as well. John mm-hmm. Krasinski's next film. That one looks fun. Another original IP, this time for, for kids' movies. And my favorite, uh, aside from Twisters, we saw the trailer for The Fall Guy or a clip for The Fall Guy or something, you know, for, for Fall Guy with Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt. That one just looks very fun to me. It definitely seems like they're leading into the Kennergy that Ryan Gosling is, <laughs> yes. is boasting right now. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that one coming out, not based on original IP, I think based on uh, the TV show with Lee Majors from the 70s. Yeah. 70s, 80s. So the trailer had big energy, so I'm <laughs> I'm just pumped for that. That one not, not coming out until May 3rd. A little closer, though, we have, as we alluded to in the beginning of this episode, we have movies coming out in a few days, Chad. Yes. Not just one movie, but two movies. (laughs) Two. (laughs) Oh, my God. Who thought we would see the day? No, it's uh, great out in theaters in wide release this weekend. We have Bob Marley, One Love, and the Sony Spider-Verse adjacent Madam Web. We'll get into predictions in a little bit. But first, Chad, you, uh, you caught Bob Marley in a screening, right? I did, yeah. I had a chance to speak with Terrence Winter and Frankie Flowers, who wrote the screenplay. With biopics, you can tell the cradle-to-grave kind of story, but with this, I really appreciated that they honed in on a specific period of his life and tried to show what was happening with him in that time and use that as an opportunity to maybe talk about his childhood as well. So some good Bob Marley songs in there, of course, and uh, good performances. Great. That's, uh, that's, that's, that sounds interesting. Uh, you can check that out in theaters this weekend and go to boxofficeperv.com to check out uh, your interview with the screenwriters of Bob Marley, One Love. Chad, for this one, it is out on Valentine's Day from Paramount Pictures. We are predicting an opening range of 16 to 21 million and a 
total domestic range of 55 to 90 million. We've definitely seen over the past few years some biopics of those those really big musical names that have come along and not really captured audience attention. I'm mm-hmm, thinking mm-hmm. the the Whitney Houston biopic. Right. Yeah. There was a Aretha Franklin biopic with Jennifer mm-hmm. Hudson fairly recently. So, you know, this one we'll uh, we'll see. It's it's definitely at a point in the calendar when I feel like people are going to start to be jonesing for a trip to the movies. So, uh, it could definitely could definitely benefit there. Also coming out uh, in cinemas over the weekend, we have Madam Web. We have that opening at 15 to 24 million from Sony Columbia. With topping out domestically, we have a range of 42 to 78 million. Just as we're recording this on Tuesday, the review embargo broke and it's mm. not good. The reviews are. You know, mm. <laughs> that's interesting because even Dakota Johnson had that quote recently about how working against blue screen was mind boggling and. She didn't know if it was going to be any good. But I did actually see another uh, another reaction along the lines of like, yes, this movie is not good in the traditional sense of the word, but it, someone compared it to Venom, also a Spider-Man spinoff in, in the Sony, Sony-verse, in the kind of sense that it's very entertaining. And I, I like both Venoms. So, you know, this, I feel like this could be one that potentially could have some some word of mouth and, and get uh, get a bit of a following. I mean, look, it's been a couple months since we've had like a good just popcorn flick. So maybe, like you said, people will be jonesing to go back to the theaters and and they'll catch this. Dune 2 comes out on March 1st, but if that's not necessarily something that you're into or if you've already seen it throughout March, Madam Web could be something that could uh, that could pull a, a beekeeper and kind of uh, get along on, on word of mouth and have have decent holds. That said, don't want to get uh, get too ahead of ourselves there because we could also be looking at a Morbius situation. Yes. <laughs> where there was word of mouth and it did become yes. a very popular meme, but unfortunately the meme was about how no one actually saw the film or no one was in it. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and their marketing recently, they've been turning to uh, the four reasons why you should see Madam Webb, Sydney Sweeney, Sydney Sweeney, Sydney Sweeney. <laughs> so they're at least uh, locking into that. I'm glad that someone in Sony listened to Daniel and I talking about just that on the on the podcast a few weeks back. Yeah, definitely good to lean into that. And and finally, our final release that we have, not a wide major release in the traditional sense of the term, but if you're following uh, the exhibition landscape, you cannot overlook the earnings power that is had by event cinema releases of uh, faith-based content, specifically The Chosen, uh, season four, episodes four through six, coming out this Friday, courtesy of our friends at Fathom Events. Chad, let's uh, remind me, what did, uh, because the the first three episodes of season four, rather, came out uh, a few weeks back, and it did... I don't, I don't think surprisingly well because the Chosen franchise has always done well at, at that community building and, and really mobilizing the fan base to come see it in the cinemas. Can you remind the, remind us what that made? It's first week it, it plays second and it's second week it's here in fourth place and it's brought in 12.5 million. So, you know, the moviegoers that saw those first three episodes likely to come back for more. 
Hopefully they do, and uh, hopefully that will be another nice little addition this upcoming weekend to the top five as we wait out February, uh, wait for winter to be over, wait for spring to happen. Obviously, uh, we, we have a long-range box office forecast that goes up every week, and we kind of continually update what our expectations for for upcoming films. Most recently for Dune Part 2, we are looking at an opening of 55 million to 75 million. We still have uh, the back half of February to go, including, well, we just passed Valentine's Day, but the whole uh, the whole season of romance. In keeping with that theme, Chad, uh, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, I got a chance to speak with Annalise Holyoke of some really interesting movie programming, but also this uh, the speed dating initiative. Just, uh, you know, it's, it's we really always like to do that around the podcast is, is really showcase some of these interesting non-traditional programming events that are happening at various theaters, whether that's a big chain like Cinepolis or a smaller regional chain or an, or an independent cinema. Yeah, you know, we really like digging into that and seeing how it's done. And and of course, if uh, if you're listening to this and, and you think, gosh, there's something really interesting that this theater I know of or this theater I work at is doing, we always love to get leads about cool theater things because we're theater nerds. So email us at numbers at boxoffice.com with any tips. And with that, let us cut to Annalise Holyoke of Cinepolis. So Annalise, thanks so much for joining us today. These last few months, I think it's it's fair to say, have been quiet in terms of in terms of the film slate. And uh, yes, yeah, Cinepolis is is doing something. You know, you're seeing cinemas, you know, having to get creative, come up with with different ways to get people in. Cinepolis is doing speed dating. Can you tell? I mean, give give us the give us the precy here. What's the what's the the gist of it? Yeah, so thank you so much for having me. I am really excited to share that we are doing speed dating. Like a lot of exhibitors, I think we're looking outside the box to try to bring in some traffic. We have at our chain specifically these big, beautiful lobbies, and they really sit somewhat empty during the evenings. And at a few locations, they do really well, but we have some locations where they're a little sleepier and we wanted to figure out a way this year to just make the bars more lively. We actually joke, we have a huge corporate office in Morelia and a lot of people have gotten married <laughs> at Cinepolis. So we kind of have an inside joke that, you know, we are a speed dating. <laughs> I know, I know Daniel, Daniel proposed to his wife at a movie theater lobby. I do know that. So I guess it's, it's, a, it's a thing. We've had proposals at the theaters. Even people asked to get married at the theater. We've had a lot of, you know, first dates. I'm sure that we can't even think of how many there possibly have been. A lot of, you know, staff and things are young and they meet at the theater. And so love is in the air this time of year as well with it being Valentine's Day month. So we thought what could, you know, what would be fun is to, put together a speed dating series. We partnered with an amazing company called City Swoon. They were based in Australia and have since come over to the U.S. It's all digital based and they are seeing a huge uptick in their clients looking for in-person events. So one of the things that I think is so important about the movie theater business in general is the fact that, you know, it's an in-person experience. It's a collective communal experience. And since COVID, I think people are 
as sick of doing the dating app, swipe left, swipe right. It just Even feels- outside of dating, like you need an excuse to get out of the house. Exactly. And just so <laughs> we wanted to do something that brought people in and would be a fun experience. And they, they agreed and, and have been really great partners. So our first event is actually on Leap Day. So we thought, you know, find love on Leap Day at the tail end of the Valentine's Day season, but also it's a lucky special day. So we thought it would be fun to try something out there. And we're really excited to see how it goes. Did you reach out to City Soon? Did they reach out to you? Like, how did your partnership element of it come about? We reached out to City Swoon. We reached out to a couple vendors that we thought might be good. And City Swoon immediately jumped on it. We had a great connection with them. So it just worked out that they wanted to get involved with us as well. And we picked a few locations nationwide to roll this out. Uh, we're going to start with three events and see how it goes and hopefully do more of these because I think uh, our theme is find your forever mm-hmm. movie date. like that. That's really cute. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. The movie theater is a first date for so many people. And we felt like the connection between the two was just really strong. And if you find someone who's, you know, then you're already at the movie theater. So if you want to see a movie right then, go for it. (laughs) You can stay or you can come back and see a movie another time. What's really fun is the City Swoon is is very technologically savvy and they have a fun app. It's all digital. So you can figure out who in the bar is also speed dating and they do a really good job of of actually putting all on the, the dates yeah, all the logistics like, exactly yeah. <laughs> i think that's interesting i mean as you see more and more theaters get more creative in the sort of events they put on you know having like different types of spaces in theaters you know they might want to branch out and try these things but like if you had to build it from the ground up you wouldn't know how to build a space speed dating, digital, like you could figure it out. But it sounds like the key is really just like, you don't have to do it all by yourself. Like you just go find some partners who can work with you to make this happen. And then it opens up your horizon so much more. Yeah, partners are really key to all of this. We have a great trivia partner. We're working on some, you know, other partners in different spaces for different events and things. I think that absolutely, like if we were to try to do speed dating on our own, it would be pretty difficult to get that audience. But also, you know, just like I said, this company is so tech savvy and they have this amazing app that really runs the show for us. And the theaters, I think, will really enjoy it because they don't, it, it doesn't, put more stress on our operations team. And, you know, right now it's slower with operations, but, you know, it's going to pick up in the next couple months, especially in the summer, but we'll still be able to continue to do these partnerships because we have such strong partners on the other side helping us run. Weekday evenings, like you know it's coming. If you need to schedule an additional bartender, you could schedule an additional bartender. It sounds great because I, 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 I love like seeing all the movie theaters and seeing the huge spaces. But then sometimes I see the huge empty spaces with like maybe there's a bar in the corner, but there's no chairs. There's nowhere to sit. It just feels kind of. Our lobbies are actually that was the funny thing about it is they actually City Swoon didn't want to partner with 
really loud bars because it's just not conducive to speed dating. So having a a little bit quieter of an atmosphere is actually great for the process for people to get to talk and meet each other. So honestly, it was kind of the perfect partnership and we're really excited to work with them. That sounds good. That sounds great, actually. That sounds like, you know, you have a bar, you have a quiet, large space and you have something to do afterwards if you want to. Yeah, we also, um, it is Valentine's Day month. So for our first event, we'll have a Valentine's Day menu that's available in all of the bars with a couple specialty cocktails that we have. We're eventizing our weekday classics a little bit more, leaning into those a little bit more heavily since it's slower. So, you know, advertising those additional love movies has been fun because I think when people come in to do the speed dating, they'll have some options for blockbusters, but also we have a great classics coming up. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that, about the other ways you're leaning into Valentine's Day or even, I mean, January, like there's very little to see. If you've already seen what you want to see and you're not so much a repeat viewer, you have to take some of those rep screenings and some of those kind of more standard ways that you get people in on off-peak hours and, and really be creative in how you market them. Absolutely. We did a big Mean Girls movie and a meal event for January. uh, And that's something we're going to do also in February. Uh, We launched our movie and a meal series last year. And it's been a really great incremental revenue for the chain because we're bringing in people who are really excited about these films, but are prepaying for a robust themed menu. And we originally started them as 21 plus shows, but had a lot of interest for um, people wanting to bring kids and teenagers, as well as people who just don't drink alcohol. So we have mocktails and cocktails at all of the screenings now, which has been really cool. It's great to partner with other alcohol brands to create these fun drinks, as well as, you know, we're doing new titles as well as old titles. So we had our biggest event to date was for Elf over the holidays. And our next one, we actually have two for February on Valentine's Day. We're hosting a love screening and an anti-love screening. So if you're in love and you want to celebrate that with your partner or friend, you can go to our notebook series. You'll get a red rose. And if you go to the anti-love series, uh, which is Cruel Intentions, you'll get a black rose. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So you can go with your friends or whoever to that one and or your significant other if that's the movie you're into. The menu is the same at both, but we have a lobster pasta and a wonderful offering like an affogato brownie. It's going to be really fun. So and if you are just want to see blockbusters, which is totally great with us as well, we have Madam Web out and our Valentine's Day menu for the month of February will be available at all shows outside of the movie and a meal, which is great. In general, the screenings have been really fun for us. The whole company honestly gets involved in helping pick these different movies. Everybody loves to, you know, have their say on what the menu should be. We're really taking guest feedback as well. Like it's just been kind of a learning thing to see what guests are looking for and what they want. Our next one we have yet to announce yet, but if you're listening here, it will be The Big Lebowski in April. That will be our next movie and a meal. We're also doing a March Mayhem series, which will be um, 
a themed menu, as well as $5 classic movies in anticipation for the new Mad Max coming out. Thank you once again for listening to this week's episode of the Box Office Podcast. The Box Office Podcast is co-produced by Box Office Pro, the Box Office Company, and Record Edit Podcast. New episodes drop every Thursday, so please tune in next week, and we'll hear from you later. Thank you. Bye. 